Or your friend comes to you. She says, I cannot handle the frantic Fridays. They are just so hectic. Prepare ahead of time. Cut your list in half. Hello, dear friends. You are listening to the last episode of Season 2 of Human and Holy, a podcast where we discuss spiritual ideas in human terms. Today's episode is the last in our month-long series on Shabbos. Over the last month, we've heard stories from women who committed to Shabbos on their own, explored a mimer from the Alter Rebbe about the Neshama Yisera, and got some practical tools for experiencing real mental rest on Shabbos. Today we have a grown-up Shabbos party. Join us as a group of women speak openly about the joys and struggles of Shabbos observance. We have a Shabbos hotline where we address your biggest pain points with Shabbos, a little halacha trivia, and so many things to love about this precious day in our week. Today's episode is sponsored by Rosie and Yudi Gurevich. Thank you to the Greviches for making today's episode happen. If you are listening to this and would like to support the work of Human and Holy in Season 3 and beyond, please visit humanandholy.com sponsor, where you can give in any amount, or email us at humanandholy at gmail.com for some sweet dedication opportunities we have upcoming in Season 3. Season 3 will be launching the Sunday before Yotis Kislev. If you have been impacted by Human and Holy in this past year, I would love if you could take the time to share your story with me at humanandholy at gmail.com as I'd love to share your story with our sponsors so that we can properly thank them for making season two happen. I would like to share that membership is open for the Human and Holy online community. Join us for live events. We have an amazing lineup this summer and powerful connection with other women. Membership is $15 a month and feel free to reach out if you have any questions about it. All right, on to today's episode. Let's party. Okay, so we are having a Shabbos party, which I haven't done since I'm a kid, so I'm really excited to be doing it together. The energy of a Shabbos party to me is just really celebrating Shabbos and enjoying it. And in keeping Shabbos, especially as women, there's so much that comes along with Shabbos. It could be noisy. It could be lonely. There's just so much that could be there. But I want to take us back to just that Shabbos party feeling of just getting together and enjoying and just like really delving into Shabbos in an age-appropriate way. So we're actually going to talk and not just eat cookies, that we do have cookies too. And thank you, Mimi, for bringing extra Shabbos treats. Something I want to share about Shabbos is that Shabbos is the source of a Jew's belief in the fact that the world basically doesn't exist or that it exists, but only in relation to Hashem, that Hashem is the only thing in this world and that the world is added and Hashem is creating it constantly. So why is Shabbos the source of that specifically? Something so beautiful that I've read that 
I really feel connected to is this idea that Shabbos is a time when we are not just inspired by that idea and believe in that idea, but we actually experience that idea that there is nothing else but Hashem in this world. We kind of like peel away the layer of productivity, of wanting things, of creating, of consuming, of being busy and productive, et cetera, just to focus on the reality of the world and just to focus on the reality of Hashem and the things that matter and ourselves and our souls. And we sing and we daven and we eat and like we do all these beautiful things that are very much related to just understanding that Hashem runs the world. And today, I don't only want to talk about the beautiful parts of Shabbos. I want us to also talk a little bit about our blockages to Shabbos because Shabbos being the source of that belief can only happen when Shabbos is this like beautiful light or not necessarily light, but a beautiful, enjoyable present time. And if there's struggles, which there are, then actually addressing them helps us use Shabbos as the source of that belief in Hashem. So let's start just by having everyone introduce themselves. I'll start with you, Chaiki. Tell us your name. Hi, I'm Chaiki Mir. Hi, my name is Mimi Minsky. Hi, I'm Moki Rifkin. I want everyone to tell me what makes you tick? What are you passionate about? What are you excited about? What's something that you feel connected to? doesn't have to be your job. I'm passionate about motherhood and a lot more stuff, but I'll just start with that. I'm really passionate about healing and about feeding your soul and writing. Words are very important to me and deep conversations getting beneath the surface. Nice. I'm passionate about my children and giving to my community. I I love putting together events for my community. That would be some things I'm passionate about. Nice. Okay, let's get going. First of all, snacks, no? No. Okay, sure. Popcorn? Like, get comfortable. I should have brought that wine. Is that mint? Yeah, just exactly. <laughs> By the way, I realized right before that I was out of wine. I should have asked if anyone had one. Sorry. Mar- pumpkin spice marshmallows no are way. really good. It's not fall. Edge. <laughs> really? They have the best marshmallows. I mean, Trader Joe's has the best, but... No, no, no. This is the same. It's like vegan marshmallows, but they have like maple flavor, pumpkins. That's good for flavor. like a latte. Uh, um, a chai latte. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm. Yeah, they're really good. But it doesn't look like anyone's touching them. Black and white cookies are an ode to like, you know, the, the Shabbos party. Yeah, everybody has the food from Shabbos party that they remember, right? Like we had the, Sandwich cookies. We had the flour cookies with the sprinkles on them. You know yeah. those? Those yes. too. And fizzers. <laughs> fizzers, they're Australian. I know what fizzers are. Yeah, they're that, very that good. Shabbos party. They're South oh African. God. All right, so let's start with the joy. (laughs) Shabbos party. Party is a celebratory experience where we just get to enjoy and revel in our experience of Shabbos. Let's start with what you enjoy about Shabbos. And if you don't enjoy Shabbos, then you can veto it and tell us why you don't enjoy it or, you know, what's going on with your experience of Shabbos. And I'll start with Mimi. I would say as a kid, I have some really fond memories of Shabbos. I have memories of my father would go to shul and we would hang out with my mother, my sister and I, and we would sing all the songs that were special to us that I grew up with. And my sister and I would cut salad as we got older and we would set the table and we would sing while we were downstairs like songs from Camp Amuna Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever we remembered from school growing up. And it was always like this very sacred 
time. And as I got older, I would go to my bedroom. I would take a book with me. I would take like a styrofoam cup with like chicken soup Mm. (laughs) and I would cozy up and I would like sip the chicken soup and read my book. And it was just like this very protected, sacred space. And I always felt this sort of coziness, like protection, you know, of my parents, my family. And as I got older and I got married and I was a young married person and then, you know, with one kid and then another kid, I always thought to myself, like, how do I give my kids that same feeling? Mm. And wondering if I was even capable of giving my kids that same feeling that I grew up with, that safety, that Mm. space of, you know, chicken soup on a Friday night and the salad and my mother calling from upstairs, you know, like, good job, you know, (laughs) on the singing. And as I grew up, I wanted to create that space for my kids and I wanted to give them that space. And I'm still finding that, but I found a space where I feel like I've made Shabbos my own. And I feel like we do have that in our family where I can give my kids that feeling that is so important, not just Shabbos, but the feeling of Shabbos. It's Sorry. Very, yeah, I want to add something. Very nice. Yeah. I was actually listening to your podcast today with Chava Green and about how the woman is the center of the home. And she was talking about her own journey of like, she didn't see necessarily a cohesive family unit and traveling to all these different Jewish homes and seeing that and learning that she can create that. My memories of Shabbos as a child are very different. I think that is the most beautiful, touching description and something that we all as mothers want to give to our kids. But not all of us have that default memory to fall back on. Like, that's what's familiar to us. That's what Shabbos means. That's what Shabbos is. And my memories of Shabbos are very chaotic. Like you mentioned about like Shabbos could be lonely. We live like a little bit out of the neighborhood. So I was half an hour walk from any friends. Like once I was old enough, I would always walk half an hour. Like otherwise you're on your own the entire long Shabbos. So if I want to be really unfiltered, everything that you described brought back negative memories. And when you did the podcast with Shimona and you spoke about like the somatic experience of Shabbos and you described everything so tangibly, I felt like this unpleasant discomfort rise up within me. And even though like logically I love Shabbos and I always want Shabbos to be beautiful and I'm always like brainstorming how to make Shabbos beautiful. I actually have on my phone like a Shabbos vision board from a few years ago that I keep editing and adding to like what can make Shabbos the most beautiful from like different things that have inspired me, different homes that I've seen, like a home in Eretz Yisrael that I was by. The mother would go on two o'clock, she would be done everything and she would take her children and go to the old age home. Everything was done. The dessert was made. Everything was made and she would be having guests, everything. And it was just like this serene way of welcoming Shabbos. So like that's somewhere on my vision board. You said in the beginning that the truth about Shabbos, we can always access it, even though we don't necessarily have that default, beautiful association, memory. I believe that we could cultivate it, but I think the struggle is similar. How do you do it, but different? Well, I think it's, I think that the fact that you took the time to create a vision board of Shabbos is amazing because you so want to make sure that your kids have what you maybe didn't have growing up. I could almost like taste it. No, really, when I hear your description, I can almost touch it. And it gives me this like inspiration, like, okay, that's what is possible Mm. to create. Because otherwise, what are you working from? You don't necessarily know. 
And Mookie, it doesn't have to be something that, let's say, you had or didn't have. It could just be something that you want to add into your home, a new experience what if, for what your children. What if your like, visceral reaction to the experience of Shabbos, the Kiddush, the feeling of like Friday night descending, all of those things, on a like on a deep level, there's something unsettling there. Mm. On a somatic level, it's not logical. It's like stored in your body. It brings something. It brings something up. It's like physiological. Exactly. It's like a reaction. So it's true, but that's what you have to get past. Yeah. You have to figure out what it is. You yeah. don't necessarily. That's all things somatic. They say like you don't have to know the story of what happened. You just have to allow yourself to process the emotion and let it pass through you and like relearn yeah. a new experience. Well, let it go. I hear that. So I'm thinking like in creating a Shabbos experience for your children, you're creating that for yourself too. So I guess this is a real Shabbos party. Like <laughs> I'm being a kid again, okay? Yes. And also <laughs> eat some, eat some nosh. <laughs> also like imagine if we approach Shabbos, like how do I want this to go, you know, and not just to follow the script mm-hmm. of what is supposed to happen. Obviously we have like a certain amount of structure to our Shabbos. But beyond that, you can enjoy it in whatever way you actually enjoy it. Actually, I was thinking about this when you were like, what do you do that makes you feel good on Shabbos? And I was like, there's very little things that will fill a hole. If you have a hole, you need to either heal it or you need to dig deeper and connect to the spiritual aspect. To like hang out with a friend, that's going to be noise on top of that hole. To have good food, that's going to also be a pleasure that's louder than the discomfort to sleep that's like to disengage Mm. what can you do that will make you create your own shabbos that will be like so nice and enjoyable give some ideas what could it be do you have any ideas that's a very good question i think the things you want to avoid by default in asking yourself Mm. are the soul things and I think when you challenge yourself and you push yourself out of your comfort zone, whether it's you know bringing new people into your house or having somebody, you might think in your head like, "Oh, she prepares like so beautifully, and I'm not, I'm not there, you know, I'm a, I'm afraid I won't be able to like match up." Having them in your house and bringing them in and opening yourself up to those maybe challenging feelings—that's mm. how you know you feel the shift and you feel it internally. Pushing yourself, yeah, in little ways, yeah, little ways. Like not yeah. necessarily inviting the typical, but yeah, people you wouldn't normally. Or there's also like an aspect of finding what's stopping you, what's holding you back. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah. What's stopping you and holding you back from what? Whatever it is, if it's hosting, if it's connecting with your children, if it's enjoying. Think about maybe what's what's holding you back. What fear Where's do you the have? Disconnect? Like push yourself. Yeah, push what's yourself. The wall? What's like, the wall? Exactly. Yeah. Do something uncomfortable. You'll get into a space where like you have to dig deep and free something within yeah, yourself. Like- when my daughter, who was a little kid, was like, I hate Shabbos because there was a toy that she couldn't play with. I called my mashbi up and I was like, my daughter doesn't like Shabbos. And she was like, I think we need to address your relationship with Shabbos. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, and mm. that's literally when I started getting a babysitter on Shabbos morning so I could go out and come to your Tanya Shir. I love it. That's amazing. And that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Like address your own Shabbos. Well, and make and it comfortable. Exactly. Make sure that you can yeah. do it in the proper way. Yeah. I love that you got a babysitter because you wanted some time to yourself. 
to learn. Like it really, that's, that's, that's something that threw me up that. in a, in a deep way. It's not noise. I know mm. it's not noise because it resonates deeply. It's Tyra, it's Hasidus, it's growth, it's spiritual. I know it's not noise, so I can confidently go. Something that often comes in the way of women enjoying Shabbos is the amount of intense preparation that can go into preparing the meal and the pressure that people feel and the expectation that they have on themselves. And then on the other hand, there really is the idea of making beautiful food for Shabbos and making it different than a regular dinner and making it feel special. Heike, we'll start with you. I'm wondering if you could share, have you found a balance between making Shabbos special and not pushing yourself beyond reason or putting unnecessary expectation on yourself that impeded your ability to enjoy Shabbos? Okay. Over the years, I mean, it didn't happen right away. It used to be Friday night. I would just collapse in my chair at the table because <laughs> I was so exhausted. And then I realized I need to put a system in place. If I know I'm hosting, if I know I need to make Shabbos, then let me take a step back. Let me see how I could prepare. So let's say earlier in the week, I'll make a menu mm-hmm. and then I'll stick to it. Oh. I know that this is what I'm going to make. There's no last minute cakes going in the oven Friday at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. There's no last minute dishes being made. My favorite time to cook is Thursday night when the kids are sleeping. Uh, my husband will come in the kitchen with me and we'll put on some music or something to listen to and I'll start all the preparation I can. Whatever I can do Thursday night, I'll do Thursday night. This way Friday comes and I'm not rushing. I have, you know, the set things that need to be put into the oven on Friday and then I can enjoy Friday and enter into Shabbos a lot more calm than I ever used to. I also have to say that I've never been in a home that a Jewish mother didn't make amazing food. I think there's a blessing to Shabbos. Like no matter what, Mm. The food's going to be great. The guests are going to be great. Just keep that in mind. Don't push yourself. And also setting up help. (laughs) If you know that you're going to be hosting or you know that you're going to be cooking all day, set up a play date for your kids. If you can, hire some help in the morning, Shabbos morning, after a busy Friday night. It helps, the small things. Yeah. I like what you said, set a system in place and stick to your menu. Stick to your menu. Yeah. I mean, there's so many Fridays where I'm like, did I make enough food? I have to (laughs) add one more cake. I have to add one more thing. Oh, and I just want to add that I find that when people come to my house, they love feeling part of my meal. Mm. And if they're offering to make something, they really want to make and they enjoy it. They want to feel part of it. So say yes. It's okay to say yes to that salad or that extra dessert. Nice. They they want to add. Yeah. And you can only do that when you're not in the headspace of perfectionism. Like, oh, no, I need to be the perfect toast. Right. And just like, enjoying. And, no. You know, yeah. It's make it, you know, family style. Nice. Okay. Muki, can you share? If it's just between me and Hashem, like Shabbos and me, I don't really have any confusion. You can make a really simple and beautiful Shabbos without any pressure. I think the pressure only comes when I know that I'm hosting. I'm like, is it okay to serve this little, which isn't necessarily little, but like this notion of like how much has to be by each course. That's Mm. where the pressure comes in. So I have to really delete that. And 
just go back to like, what would bring honor to Shabbos? What would bring honor to Shabbos in my home? Mm. And then bring the guests into the picture and into that. Wow. And then it's also not so burdensome. It's like you're bringing honor to Shabbos. So I'm happy to cook up that extra nice chicken dish or whatever it is. I love that. Like asking first, what will bring honor to Shabbos? Before asking, like, what is the norm or what are my guests expecting? Because then when you're doing it, even if you do push yourself, because you likely are pushing yourself when you're cooking for Shabbos, it's not a regular dinner. But when you do push yourself, you're doing it for Shabbos and you're doing it for Hashem and you're not doing it for anyone else. So then it's coming from a much more internal place and not from a place of pressure. So in our house, we love to host. We love to have people over. And like Heike said, I do kind of have like this system I refer to. And it is something I grew up with watching my own mother do, where Fridays were a very sacred day for her. You know, she worked very hard the whole week and as, you know, both my parents and Friday was a day to like relax and maybe, you know, I grew up in Miami. So maybe go take a walk in Lincoln Road and go do like a little shopping or just a relaxing day for yourself. And she didn't really cook a lot on Friday. So growing into my own house with my own children, I did feel that pressure of everything needing to be done by Friday. Mm. Like there is nothing that we should be doing on Friday (laughs) except for Friday. It was a lot of pressure. And now I do things in a way where I don't really hold to that as much. I, If I'm having a big meal and I'm having a lot of guests for Shabbos and Maybe I have something that I have to go to Thursday night. I'll maybe set my table a little bit earlier. I'll prepare the house a little bit earlier. Maybe I'll make soup, chicken soup on a Wednesday and some dips. Now I actually buy dips. That's my like cheat sheet. I decided if I can do something, create something easier for myself, why not? Yeah. And uh, some of my favorite meals are the potluck meals with friends of... Heike coming over and bringing a salad and brownies and just having everyone contribute in some way. And it makes it fun and ex- and exciting. And it's even a good time for my kids now. They know, like, is, is this a potluck meal? <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> yeah. And it eases up some of that pressure where on Friday, you know, I am putting salmon in the oven and I am putting grilled vegetables in the ov- oven and it's okay. And whatever I need to do on a Friday, especially with these long summer days. Yeah the best. It's it's okay. There's and time. if you don't have like 19 side dishes, people will still come and it can still be beautiful. I want to get to a place where the food is the last thing I am thinking of when it comes to Shabbos, where I'm interested in creating a beautiful meal, but where I'm more interested in, wow, it's finally Friday. It's finally this time of the week where I get to shut off all the other voices in my mind and come to a quieter place and look a little deeper and sit on the couch and learn something that I want to do, get more curious about or more knowledgeable about. And I feel like I'm slowly growing into that. I have to say, I'm coming back to that question that you said, that if you can go into Shabbos preparation with that question of like, what am I doing to honor Shabbos and what am I doing because I think that this is like the expectation, then you could push yourself in a much more sustainable way. Like you said, buying dips, like having dips at the table on Shabbos feels special. Do I have to make it? Well, if it's for other people, then yes, I have to make it from scratch. But if it's for honoring Shabbos, then like, no, it's such a treat to buy it. You know, like 
it's such a good question to ask yourself when it comes to like the physical preparations for Shabbos, because I do think that the beautiful food is part of Shabbos and it is like a springboard for that beautiful conversation and that ability to just like enjoy each other. But it's just how you're going about it. Cause sometimes like through all that preparation, you can lose the spirit of Shabbos, which is to connect with the shaman with each other. If I wasn't having guests and I know my kids are maybe sleeping by the Friday night meal, do I have to prepare anything? Yes. I want to make a beautiful salad and a beautiful dish that I know I'll enjoy. So I don't want to, it's not superficial, but it really has to be in that framework for me. It really has to be in that paradigm of like honoring Shabbos. Otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah. And also I didn't grow up in a house where we had dips on Shabbos. It just wasn't a thing that I grew up with, but marrying into an Israeli family, mm. <laughs> this was like, it's like sacred. Like, yes. like who doesn't have mabucha? Like, chatzilim, like salatin at a table. <laughs> you know, so it's something I did attempt to do the dips myself for many years. And now, I don't know, in this new headspace, I think to myself, why? It's, it's so fun to try all these dips I wouldn't even think to make. Yeah. But so consistent that the decisions that we grapple with or that are challenging to us, like really, really do go back to our childhood. Like all of it. Yeah. I think it's actually very powerful to know because in your experience of Shabbos and in the experience that you're giving to yourself and giving to your children, to know that you may dislike Shabbos for an emotional reason is very helpful because then it's not about not wanting to, you know, spend the time with Hashem and with your neshama, but it's about something that's emotional. And then when you look at the emotional element, you're able to then connect spiritually. So I think that that's very helpful. So let's get a little bit into that spiritual element and intention of Shabbos, which all of this is preparation for. Like all of the, what do you enjoy about Shabbos and how do you prepare in a way that's not distracting to the real meaning of Shabbos? That deeper element that Shabbos as the source of our belief in the fact that like there is nothing in this world but God. Is there something that you have learned or studied that has resonated with you and that has brought you a deeper understanding or awareness or appreciation of what Shabbos is for you as a Jew. Go for it. Chaiki. So it's not a new concept. It's one I grew up with. But lighting candles, for me, is is Shabbos. It, it could be a hectic, busy Friday afternoon. And then as soon as I light candles, this aura, this presence almost takes over me. And when I open my eyes, I almost feel Shabbos has entered into my home. And like without it, it's almost like I didn't step into Shabbos yet. Mm-hmm. So something I like to do is I, I like to take my boys to where I'm lighting and I have them stand next to me. I have boys, so I'm the only one lighting, <laughs> but I want them close by. And when I'm saying the bracha, I'm, I'm thanking Hashem for what I have. I like to use that time to thank him and reflect on what I do have and all the things he did give me. And then when I open my eyes, I hug and kiss my boys because that's what I have. And we enter Shabbos together because they're not lighting and entering. So it's their way of entering Shabbos with me. And for me, that's when I feel it. I don't know what it is. It's very beautiful. I think that candle lighting is one of the times that we can actually experience the spirituality of a mitzvah. Like there's so many mitzvahs that we know they're connecting us to Hashem. And we know they're holy and we know that they're right. 
but in our experience, in our bones, do we feel this like spiritual experience? And candlelighting is so spiritual, like everything about it. Like I think that's the one of the times that we can really feel a little bit above the world. I think that also having your children with you by candlelighting adds so much. Like mm. it just makes it such a profound moment. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I love that because when you actually light candles, you're doing the motion of like beckoning mm. Shabbos into your home, like come, like it's time. And one of the things that you do while you're lighting candles is you close your eyes and you cover your eyes and you're shutting out the outside world. And you're really able to go inward because you don't have all those external distractions. And something I like to do is I like to have this mindset of gratitude. Like we're going into Shabbos now. We have this time and I have my children next to me and we're healthy and we're all here and we get to experience this together and I get to hang out with them <laughs> and be with my family. And when I open my eyes, I actually see like my kids and I feel that gratitude and I'm like, wow, like it's here. And I notice that my Maya, when she lights the candles, I, she started whispering things to herself like, mm. thank you, Hashem. Shabbos is amazing. It was already <laughs> amazing. You know, really like tapping into that yeah. gratitude feeling. And when I'm in that headspace, I am thinking of like the meal tomorrow and like everyone's going to be there together and it's going to be so nice and I'm so lucky and I get to have these friends over and we get to spend this time together and that is part of the feeling of how I am connecting to Hashem in that way where I'm able to tap in of like it's Hashem is part of me and I'm a part of Hashem and we get to have this gift every week where we can go to a place of gratitude, togetherness, and to go more inward mm. and to see what's really important in our life. I love what you said about beckoning Shabbos, that like with the hand motions, we're like, come, you know, because... The Shabbos queen. Yeah. We're inviting her in. And there's like all that lead up of all the preparation, like something that was really moving to me was just as everyone's talking about preparing for Shabbos just recognizing how each of us in our own homes are doing all this busy work in our kitchens and together as family, but just so much activity, actively welcoming Shabbos into our lives. It's such a commitment to Hashem. And it's just like a beautiful imagery of like each Jewish person in their own home, putting in that time and energy to beckon the Shabbos queen into our homes for days and then culminating in Shabbos candles. Just to say I'll find jobs for my kids to do so mm. that they can also feel like they're bringing Shabbos. Like, let's say I cooked. How can they be a part of it? How can they feel it? So I'll have them set the table. Mm. And even though it's not perfect, but they're so proud of themselves. They did the napkin a different way and everyone's sitting around the table after and commenting on the napkin that they did. They feel like they brought Shabbos in their way, in the yeah. way that they can. My husband will set the candles up for me. I can set the candles up myself, <laughs> yeah. but it's his way. And like, he's also helping bring in the Shabbos. We're all doing it together. And then you feel it. Candlelighting is also a really powerful moment of davening for me. Like it's just, they say the gates of heaven are open at that time. And especially standing with, let's say your children that you davened for even before they were born, 
you know, like throughout pregnancy, you daven that this should be a healthy pregnancy and you daven for the well-being of your family and everybody that you know. So it's like you have that gratitude and also that moment of tefillah for everything that's important to you. And you said that your daughter picked up on that on her own. And I thought the same about my daughter that she picked up on the tefillah aspect because the other week the neighbor got a burnt her finger and as soon as we lit candles she was like now I could have them for Tzipora she associated (laughs) the time like this is the time to ask all your bakashes and that was nice that's really nice So now we we welcome Shabbos. (laughs) I want to talk about the Shabbos meal. Definitely something that I don't know if I've quite nailed this yet. And I would love to hear from everyone about what practices you've set in place in your own Shabbos meal to make the Shabbos meal an uplifting experience. One that like feels like a different type of meal. So we spoke about the food, the physical preparation, but then spiritually speaking, are there either things that you would like to do in theory, like maybe one day you want to incorporate into your Shabbos table or maybe you have, or are there things that you do do consistently every single week that just like makes it a more elevated experience for everyone there, including yourself? I think that, you know, if anyone has something to share by the table in our house, you know, usually my husband will say something loosely related to the Parsha and that'll kind of be a conversation starter for deeper conversation. And it kind of, brings everyone out of their shell a bit. You know, maybe they want to share something different. It's kind of a time for everyone to have their own voice around the table. And uh, yeah. I love Nigunim. I wish I could sing Nigunim. Like, (laughs) felt them out of my Shabbos. And I missed my seminary Shabbos days where there was like a hundred of us all singing Nigunim in a room. There was like nothing more delicious and uplifting than that. But at least having to go at the table is an option. What about when it's just your family being able to just sing? Yeah. I mean, it's not the same. It's my kids can't really sing along and it's mm. like a solo ish. It's not like, you know, when you have a grown up family and everybody could sing Nugunim together, that's yeah. beautiful. And one day, I mean, the chorus of voices. Exactly. Yeah. I think the kiddish part of the meal is like a very big part of opening up the meal. It's like the starting point. It's just a way of like Shabbos is here and it's time and now everyone's going to go wash for challah and we're going to sit down and it's starting, like it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and it lets everybody know that Shabbos is here. Something that we do would be keeping the kids up, which I mentioned before. I like having them there and I like for them to see what's going on. So my son has been preparing a sicha, let's say, that he was learning in school. He's in third grade. And we're teaching him like to have that confidence to get up in front of the whole table and say it, but not read it. He has to understand it and say it, and he has been. And it opens conversation. My table is all different types of people coming together. So for some, it's asking questions, and I want him to hear it. I want to hear that it's okay to ask the questions, understand it deeper. Also, it's an opening for people to speak at the table and to engage in conversation with each other, which I love. I love when there's open conversation and it doesn't only have to be in one direction of like, you know, Shabbos and a Tyra thought. 
talk about, you know, whatever it was, what was going on during your week or what you're thinking or what your struggles are. And just having people put their input into the table. Sometimes we think that in order to say a Torah at the table, we need to have learned a Sikha that we can explain well. And I think that for us too, to be able to kind of like bookmark the things that we learn or the things we're thinking about spiritually during our week to then be able to present them at the Shabbos table as a time to like mull over whatever is going on for us spiritually and emotionally is a really beautiful thing. Like to add another dimension to Divrei Torah, which is just like the spiritual things that I am just like thinking about this week or that maybe one thought that came to mind and it doesn't have to be an organized Torah with a question and answer. It could just be a little thought that is on my heart. So I like that everyone sort of mentioned bringing up each person's unique voice at the table. Yeah. And even if someone didn't prepare to like probe a little deeper and it's like, what's going on in your soul this week? Because the Shabbos table is an amazing time to explore that. What is a ritual that you do on Shabbos or a little activity that you do on Shabbos that you cherish and savor? My husband's grandfather had a very specific routine of nigunim that he would sing. And even his Eishas Chayel was in a certain tune. So all the grandchildren, well, the ones that I know of, sing Eishas Chayel in that tune and sing those, I mean, Azamer or Asader, whichever. And then they go into the standard ritualistic, consistent song. And that like feels, it's very nice that there's like that connection to a really, really special person and like your heritage. That's one thing that's always sung. For us, it's sitting down with the kids and sometimes playing a game with them. And also just to go back to the food, there are certain recipes that, you know, we grew up with that were passed down from my great grandmother and my grandmother that my kids know I'm still making every Shabbos or even some new ones in our house that I make these pumpkin muffins and they're like my thing. And they are your thing and they're amazing. <laughs> and it's something that we keep up. It's it's a superficial thing, but it's also like it's been passed down, these recipes of like this beet salad and that, you know, I wish I made challah. But yeah, those are some little things that we do. Like Mimi said, my husband has some Syrian background and it's different than what I grew up with. I grew up with the traditional Ashkenazi food at the table. And when I got married, I adapted what his mother was making. I love it. It's Me it's, too. <laughs> it's different. It's a little bit of different recipes that you wouldn't see. And it, and it brings conversation to the table. Like, what is this dish? And, and it's spicy, spicy sometimes. <laughs> and it, it's special. It's special in our house. Another thing was that they have a tradition. Well, they say that the way you leave Shabbos at Havdalah is how you're going to enter into your week. So some people have the tradition to laugh after Havdalah because you're entering laugh Laugh. and you're entering your week into a happy week. So my husband's family has adapted that during Shabbos after any bracha. So while they're making Kiddush, they laugh after every bracha. Oh my goodness. Almost like bringing that joy, like why start then, bring it now <laughs> into our Shabbos. And I love that. And Wait, it, what does that sound like? What does that look like? Like 
<laughs> there you go. Maybe <laughs> just like that. Oh my goodness. And people that know, so the first time people see it, they're kind of like, why are you guys laughing? What are we not getting? And by the next week, they're laughing too. <laughs> people so know cool. this tradition and they enjoy it. It kind of also breaks the ice a little bit, you know, when like everyone's standing around us, where are we sitting? Where should I sit? Yeah. And here it's like we make kiddish and everyone does that little icebreaker and we're all good and we started a conversation <laughs> oh nice i love that yeah, actually so just a little thing that we do that is so sweet it's very interesting the rituals that everyone mentioned they're just so physical because there is something really powerful about those like physical experiences of like laughing eating a certain type of food singing a certain song it awakens an emotion and a feeling and the feeling of shabbos and it creates such a memory yeah. you know like that experience. Hello there. You have reached the Human and Holy Shabbos Hotline. I took to Instagram to ask people to submit their joys and struggles with Shabbos. Let's get some advice on those human realities that can make it challenging at times to fully experience the spiritual beauty of the day. Okay, so... First, because like I don't feel right just bringing up like what are people struggling with about Shabbos when we're at a Shabbos party. Mm -hmm. So like first let's start with what people are loving and here's what we're going to do. It's going to be like a little game. I want you to snap if you love this part of Shabbos too. You ready? So this is what the public sent in and I will say that I consolidated a couple because some people just said like the same things again and again because a lot of us just love the same things. All right. Sitting on the couch and reading after candle lighting. Yes. <laughs> Turning off all devices. Oh yeah. Such a good one. Oh, that's such a good week. feeling with it. Airplane mode and in the drawer. Like, I'm like goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye the outside world. Yes. Okay, being forced. This was something that this person loves. Being forced to sit with myself and others. Yeah. I think the fact that you worded it being forced means that there's an initial resistance mm. and then you appreciate it. Nice. Definitely. Okay. Another one. Cooking and prepping. Do you enjoy it? Yeah? Okay, good. Okay, we got two out of three. This one I love because like I never thought of it, but I was like, I love this too. Using Judaic items. Interesting. Kiddush cup. Candles. It definitely adds. Okay. Another thing. So snap if you love this part of shop is too. My extra soul. Oh, I like the way that's worded. The peacefulness. Yes. Friday night with family. Cooking special foods. Family time. Yeah. Lighting Shabbos candles. Opportunity for deeper conversations. Yeah. Yes. Not, this one's sweet. Not anything about Shabbos, just Shabbos itself. The presence. Yeah. Guests. Time to think and reflect. All right. I have to say that Shabbos is something so deep to people. I don't think I've ever gotten so many responses to a question I put up on social media. Like within 30 minutes, there were just like responses were flooding in. And I, I was... I have that on my fridge. Like all of those. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. I'll right. give them to you. I like the way they're worded. You could tell everyone really felt their responses. Yeah. 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 It's just so beautiful. Okay. Now we're going to do, you know, the Shabbos hotline. Some people just love Shabbos, no strings attached, don't struggle with anything. I think most people are human beings. And even if you love Shabbos for so many different reasons, there could be parts of Shabbos that you might struggle with. And I want to start with one that we didn't cover this perspective at all. 
because everyone who's here has a similar circumstance that we are married, we have families and children. So that comes with like a unique set of struggles too, and unique set of blessings and a unique Shabbos dynamic. Someone wrote in, I am single and most of my friends are married. Shabbos is a really hard and lonely time for me. And again, there was like a spectrum of messages like this. Some people just saying it's too quiet. It's too lonely. All people writing that they didn't have those, you know, boisterous families that we're describing and those Shabbos meals and the ability to host in the same way, et cetera. So what would be your advice to someone there on enjoying Shabbos, even when you don't feel like you can tap into that family and joy and love? It's like just a really lonely, isolating time of the week. I think that maybe you can try to find one person in your life who can spend Shabbos with you and create that meal yourself, either on a Friday night or Shabbos day, and keep your own little Shabbos meal to try to keep that feeling in. Yeah, I'll add to that. So that's a really tough place to be. Someone once came into Yechidus with the Rebbe. It was a bacher, and the Rebbe asked him a question about if, if he's I'm going to get the details wrong. I think it was a young Bachar and the Rebbe asked him about marriage or about children. And he responded like telling the Rebbe his age. And the Rebbe said that a good hunter always doesn't shoot where the deer is, where the animal is. He's going to aim his arrow a few steps ahead. And in this stage where you are cultivating who you're going to be as a, a Karasabais and what kind of home you're going to have, perhaps it could be an opportunity to be hosted by families and really download and observe and watch like what are the customs and what are the special nuances that I see in different homes that I can incorporate in my home that are meaningful to me, that speak to me, that touch me, that inspire me. It's a really good opportunity to do that, that you won't necessarily have access to when you are quote unquote tied down with the family. Like there is an element of you could explore that and mm. maybe take advantage of that. I remember that I used to do that. You made me remember that when I was single, before I got married, my best friend and I used to love to make our own Shabbos meals. So <laughs> she did the decor and the buying the beautiful flowers and the table settings. And I did the cooking and we would create it in our own home that we were in. We didn't need to wait till let's say we had our families of our own. We started it. We created what we liked what we enjoyed at a Friday night meal or Shabbos day, even then. Yeah. And inviting other people that, let's say, also needed somewhere to go. Like it's not practicing. It's like you you already are hosting and right. already You don't have to a, wait for the next stage in your you life. You yeah. Right now, what you're in right now, enjoying it and making, making that your thing. Nice. Okay, so this person struggles with everything. The mess. Kids home fighting. Never mind the Friday stress to cook and clean. Oof. We've all been there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some weeks are harder than others, right? Yeah. We've all been there. Like you're saying, Mimi, still happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Kids home fighting. And I would say it goes back to what I was saying to just see how you can set yourself up for that. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to hire help. It's okay to take help. Like if your kids are fighting at home, see if you can send them to Shul. And there's kids programs at Shul. If get a, a mommy's helper at home, hire that. If you're having a busy weekend with 
cousins and other people coming in, see if you could get a, a babysitter for a few hours. If it's the prep work, eliminate some things. See if you could do it before. It's okay to not be able to do it all the time, but <laughs> set yourself up a little bit better that maybe it could be a little bit easier because there's definitely ways. It doesn't have to be a stressful environment. It can be easier. That's good. And I like also that if you can't afford to hire help or if you don't have access to it for whatever reason, that it's, you can also cut down on what you are creating so that even without help, it, you have less work for yourself. Right. Like maybe make a simple week that week because that's just what you can do. You had a crazy week and the kids were crazy. And this week you're just having chicken soup and challah. And that's perfect. They'll remember a calm mommy, not the mommy crazy just, and running yeah. around cooking. Yeah. I just want to say that I think Shabbos can be such a vulnerable time for everybody because you are shutting off in a sense, you know, even if you're not entirely shutting off with technology, you are going into a different time and you're going into this new space and it could be a very vulnerable time, especially if you're, you know, you don't have the help, you don't have the resources and you are struggling to give your kids that feeling of Shabbos. So like you said, Heike, I think it is okay. You know, if one week you give yourself that break and you say, not everything is going to be perfect this week. My house is not going to be in the greatest shape that it could be in. And we're not going to have 10 salads on the table. And it's just going to be us this week because you don't have that energy to host because at the end of the day, we are you know, living this human experience as souls, you know, but we're living it in our physical body and there's all these external stuff and challenges and distractions. But, you know, you still could create Shabbos without everything needing to be so seamless, so mm. perfect, so effortless, because we all struggle with that. We all we all <laughs> we all have had our kids yelling at some point and our house has been messy. We're all messy humans and we all don't know what we're doing and we're all just trying to do our best. Totally. And having an open home and having that open energy, that's the difference. That's the Shabbos. Yeah. We think of preparing for Shabbos as only preparing for food, but there's so many other factors about mm -hmm. Shabbos that we don't think about preparing for. Maybe preparing for the children all being home could be like listening to a parenting podcast or reading a chapter of a parenting book that you feel like grounds you and gives you good skills or good reminders could be a way to prepare for that. That's a very practical yeah, advice. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. I think to really become aware of the parts of Shabbos that are unpleasant for you and see if How you can help they yourself. have to be that way. Okay. So the third one that we're going to do is she writes that she struggles to make it feel extra special and holy when she's exhausted at the end of the week. So, Mookie, why don't you take this one? Maybe you could try to take a nap on Friday afternoon. That's something that I try, if possible, to do. Yeah. Finding that tablecloth that brings you joy, that makes you feel alive. If it's flowers or if it's flowers, company, my new thing. Something that brings you joy. You bought yourself chocolates. It could be mundane if it's something that just like gives you a little bit like a, a burst and a, an infusion of, of life that is like at least setting the stage to feel more spiritually aligned. And then holiness isn't always something that we experience. 
the best that we can do is remind ourselves that Hashem is at the center of it. And it's not about the thing that we're doing, but it's about who we're connecting to. So if we could just bring our awareness back to my dialogue, Hashem, I'm connecting to you. Shabbos is a day that you are asking me to keep and to fulfill. And these things I'm doing for you, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a spiritual experience, but it could definitely be like more wholesome and it is essentially more holy. Nice. Beautiful. Okay. Now we are on to rapid fire hotline. I'm going to just throw them out at you. And then a quick one sentence response, like, how can you help? Okay. So your friend comes to me and she says, oh my gosh, I cannot handle the long Shabbos afternoons in the summer. Get out of the house. Now your friend comes to you, different friend. <laughs> she says, I cannot handle the frantic Fridays. They are just so hectic. Prepare ahead of time. Nice. Cut your list in half. Your friend comes to you and she says, I am struggling with turning off my devices before Shabbos. Try it during the week. Mm, practice. That's really good. Someone comes up to you and she shares that she is really struggling with the davening. She doesn't love shul and doesn't really like the long davening. Do your own thing at home. Find a way to talk to God at yeah, home. Yes. Your friend comes to you and she says, it's so hard to entertain the children while my husband is in shul for half of the day. We live really far from shul and he's basically gone for like hours and hours and hours. What do you suggest? Prepare ahead of time activities. Yeah. And you're not the entertainer. You're just the present calm mother. Friend comes to you and says, I feel this need to like plan something to do on Shabbos constantly that like I always have something planned to do so that I don't get bored. Like, do you have any advice on how to just be comfortable with the boredom? Mm. Use the time to go inward. Friend says, listen, I'm really struggling with Shabbos cooking, coming up with a menu, making sure there's a menu, heating it all up. It's just, it's a lot for me and food is not my thing. Go to the store and buy, buy ready-made food. Borrow the brains of an organized friend that has it down pat and ask them what they do. Like, what's your strategy? How do you get it done? Some people really, this is their skill. This is what they're good at. And other people, it's their weakness. So learn from that person. Mm, that's really good. Get advice. Okay. My kids have no one around for them to play with. What do you suggest? Buy games for Shabbos, special for Shabbos. Mm. That'll be fun for them. That's good. Okay. Last one. So your friend comes to you and she says, I'm feeling a ton of pressure to make these over-the-top meals based on the community that I'm in. What do you suggest I do? Like, I just feel that this is the expectation that people have of me when they come through my door, that like, that's the type of meal I'm going to be serving and I'm overwhelmed. Mm, it's a hard one. Stick to what you know that you make well and it'll be amazing. I, again, I've never been to a home that a Jewish woman's going to make an amazing Shabbos meal. Nice. I think it's hard, but it's so worth it to drown out all the voices that are pressuring us and connect with what we really want to do. It's very freeing. Nice. Yeah. You do you. Find three things that you love to make, that right. your family loves, that you know go over really well, and stick to those things. Guys, this was so good. <laughs> I'm setting up a Shabbos hotline with Mucky and Chaiki and Mimi, and I'm just going to call it every so often, like on Friday afternoon when I'm stressed. Guys, what should I do? <laughs> I can't the candle. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, take deep breaths. <laughs> Get in that yoga pose. It's Okay, we're going to end with like a little true or false Hilchas Shabbos edition. So in the conversation about the spirit of Shabbos, I think it's actually fun and exciting to like really ground it in the halacha of Shabbos because 
It's a way of getting involved in really bringing the spirit of Shabbos into your home that doesn't require you to work harder, but just requires you to like get more familiar with what Hashem likes about Shabbos and what he wants in your life. Could I say something about the halachas of Shabbos? Yes, for sure. I feel like whenever I start to feel like, if it starts to creep up in my head, like this is an inconvenience or like these are, something's getting in the way, I really like to learn the halachas because it's not about the logical piece of like, what we are allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. When we connect to the Torah of it, we actually connect to the source of the Torah, which is Hashem. And it doesn't just give us information. It gives us the strength and the ability to do it. And it's so much easier. And we can enjoy keeping the halachas of Shabbos. It's the same halachas, the same actions, but suddenly we have more strength to be able to do it. Nice. And just something I, I read that... What's the definition of Shabbos? What did Hashem want? He wants you to rest on Shabbos, not do any work, and then also not to light fires. Like that was the two main things that started all, like what does it mean to rest? And that's where all the halachas came in. And if you remember that, I think all the halachas of Shabbos don't get overwhelming because it's ultimately Hashem just wants you to rest. Mm. And all those things are bringing on work. So it, to remember that. Nice. It's like go back to why they exist. All right. So we have five. Are you ready? Feel free to get them wrong. <laughs> okay. I actually researched these, so I don't know that I knew all of them, but some of these were really interesting to find out. Okay. It is the Chabad custom to keep a tablecloth on the table all Shabbos long. I like that one because you feel like the second the table is shown, it's like the weekday table. Mm, totally. And you feel it. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 put it back on. <laughs> so, yeah. You know? So Shabbos. And just having yeah. that tablecloth on. Even really if the is. house is cleaned up after the meal. I started to set the table yeah. a little bit earlier, like on a Thursday night, or if I'm really going ahead of time and I'm having people over and I have to be somewhere Thursday night, I'll even set it on Wednesday because it just wow. gives the feeling of like, you know, Shabbos is here and it's coming and the totally. kids know it's happening. And it's like it creates this feeling in the house. Yeah, totally. There's like something very like Shabbistic yeah. about a tablecloth. Okay, true or false? It is better to spend your money on Shabbos candles than on wine if you can't afford much for Shabbos. False. <laughs> true. False. <laughs> true. False. True. False. It's true. It's better. Shabbos candles. To buy the candles. Better to buy the candles than to buy the wine for Shabbos. Interesting, right? It's very interesting. It's very much a women's mitzvah. I would have said neither. Yeah. (laughs) Just fun fact. Okay. True or false? It is possible to take Shabbos in on Friday morning if you want a longer Shabbos. Imagine someone was like, you know what, Sunday morning, I'm just going to take a Shabbos. For the rest of the week, I'm on the, rest. The challenge wouldn't taste like the same. Like There's something about Friday. Shabbos. Can you imagine like waking up like a Shabbos day? <laughs> it wouldn't work. Okay. This is such an interesting one. So true or false, the altar says that it is best to shower close to Shabbos as opposed to like on Friday morning. True. Preparation for Shabbos. Isn't that so... Like, I feel like everyone naturally wants to shower right before Shabbos. It doesn't right. like feel right to shower in the morning for Shabbos, but that it's like actually something that the altar mentions. Okay. This last one, true or false? You need to pour your hot water into four cups before you can use it for tea. False. 
<laughs> how many cups, guys? I'm kidding. Is, Honestly, though, yeah. whenever I'm pouring, I'm like, wait, how many? All right, and that wraps up our halacha trivia. Well done, guys. This was so beautiful. I really enjoyed our Shabbos party. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode was the last one for season two. It's been an epic season, and I look forward to season three, which will launch on the Sunday before your Kislev. Make sure you're subscribed to Human and Holy on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you don't miss a thing. You can stay up to date with us on humanandholy.com or on our Instagram at humanandholy. I'll be posting a list of resources on the site so you can continue your studies throughout the summer. Join our online community for epic live events and presenters while we're on our season break. I will miss speaking with you each week and... I think season three is going to blow your mind. (laughs) Looking forward to seeing you then.